So, sorry. Just yeah, that just was kinda, a coming in with the energy. I love it. I'm, I'm yeah, ready. no, just just kind of soaking in. Um, just just a week ahead of me, and mm. uh, kind of you know, sorry, just uh, came in there ready to record and whatnot. But uh, you don't mind if I violate your personal HIPAA law, right? That's a violation of your HIPAA law. Me hitting just a record button now. Didn't you know? For HIPAA. Dude, okay, no, you haven't seen that. Um, God, there's this I hilarious. Know. Okay, there's this hilarious. I'm I'm already not invested if we're talking about HIPAA laws. <laughs> no, okay, uh, I've already so, checked out. Um, in what could already be like a a fucking a deadline uh, weekly segment or <laughs> some other fucking I don't know some other news platform like mm. just in, insert media like program here and and so on um it it made the rounds on the on social media for a bit but there was um a woman just like flagrantly drunk and belligerent who of course throwing a fit over masks or whatnot Mm -hmm. but um i think it was for a ski resort it was for a ski resort but demanding to no not ski resort apologies that's another one yacht club it was for a yacht club Oh, uh, that's even worse. Uh, yeah, I, I, can see, I can see how you get those confused. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Happens right. to me all the time when I'm at the golf club. Uh, <laughs> um, fucking throws a ruckus, just like getting getting aggro, getting mean. Uh, demands to speak to the manager, and uh, the employee, who is not actually the employee, but in fact the manager is just so sick of this shit that at some point she just realizes, yeah, why not? And so, sure, I'll go get the manager for you. And then does a whole fucking, like, Buddy Earl comedy bit where she just, like, does a a slight, like, curtsy spin like she's going downstairs and then she's bringing the manager right back up. He's like, hi, I'm the manager. How can I help you? Dude, hilarious. Oh, yeah. It was... It, it, she's just, just having fun with it, you know? Just, just having a good time. It was just cathartic. It's just cathartic mm-hmm. in in like and not only as a individual bystander, just that that sees or like only emphasizes and sympathizes for the shit, especially for a uh, friend of the show, Sarah of Sunken Treasure Games. Who man, she mm-hmm. goes on a like, she goes through daily bullshit on on the right. on the reg for just trying to put in you know basic safety protocols involving masks which i don't know the mandate just got lifted around here so like uh, dude it, it's like a cw television show everybody be taking their masks off they don't give a shit uh, um so no but anyway, where uh, sarah's at too i mean they're uh they're pretty in the red <laughs> yeah i mean i i don't know i haven't i i just stopped keeping track of cases at this point because it doesn't matter whether or not it spikes. We're hell or high water. We are we're gonna march on over the bodies of our our fellow people. So mm. it, it it's a shame. But the the point of this reference was just <laughs> so this fucking like like cadaver of a fucking human being uh, after just realizing that she's a no-win situation and just barely catches wind of her fucking peripheral, uh, peripherals like a goddamn barn owl, like, just rotating 
45 degrees to the left like some shitty oh, so white bread robocop I, I see what's happening here saw someone recording them yes and so, yeah <laughs> screamed you out you're violating my hippo you're violating my hippo law <laughs> so like it's yeah. just HIPAA, been stuck H- in my H- head H- this whole time. HIPAA law is not a personal like I don't like, you don't own HIPAA laws I don't understand that well, what if the person? What, what if the? What if that person recording her turned out to be a doctor? That person <laughs> recording her knew all of her medical history, knew her doctor's information. Yep. yep. Yeah. Clearly, that that had to be Cause, it. Because we're in the minority report. You need to scan someone. You know everything now. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's, it's like watchdogs. You can just drain people's bank accounts. Ah, uh, no joke, I, man. I, I would have taken my phone and put it up to her head and said there was microwaves in it and just freak her like out real. Oh, no, bad. no, 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 no. Actually, no. We don't. We don't. We don't drain bank accounts anymore. We're we're uh, draining uh, two hundred million dollars yeah. worth of of board apes. And well, NFTs okay, no. And, uh, it's uh-huh. funny enough. The last time we Whatever. recorded, we talked about like fucking uh, solving crimes with crimes by like fucking raiding crypto farms. I like and, how you like, say this like it wasn't yesterday. Yeah, but yeah. It, it wasn't. Uh, <laughs> it's fucking. So anyway, um, breaking down, breaking down the fourth wall over here. Well, I know, right? <laughs> um, no, but we were talking about uh, just you know committing crime to to fight crime uh, with crypto farms and Robin no Hood. joke. Robin yeah, Hood exactly. Ro- mm-hmm. But like the the you know legit Robin Hood, not like. Shicey ass, like fucking white bread, uh, crypto Robin Hood. Um, right, right. So within that, I, I would say recent time space, um, fucking apparently two hundred thousand dollars worth of the uh, NFTs. I think have you been get stolen. to go up a little bit on that number, don't you? Oh, it's like four hundred, yeah. Something maybe yeah. even larger than that. I, I, I don't know. Uh, I thought some crazy amount, but I mean, it, it sounded funny when I read it. Like there was a lot of zeros. I saw two hundred. We're talking the recent, like the the heist or whatever that happened. It was, yeah. Oh yeah, dude, the great the great monkey heist. The great. Yeah, like, what I read, it was like two hundred million or something like that. Right, that's what Fuck. I was. Yeah, oh, okay. supposedly. I don't know. Whatever uh, that converts to in in nymphs, nymphs. Fucking Donkey Kong Country Two, Diddy's Conquest. Fucking like they sure. made they made off with all them apes, and apparently, ain't no blockchain uh, is there in sight. Uh, who would have guessed? Oh no! What do you mean, my very secure, fake, invisible investment is somehow gone? Whatever could you mean? <laughs> I. But oh, it's not man. because it's still on the blockchain. My tangible investment, no. Yeah. <laughs> Just like. Oh, dude, with the credibility of, like, a faded-out gas station receipt that, like, just printed out from the self-service pump. Uh fuck, man. What a... I keep, I, I keep those receipts. I gotta prove that I bought gas. <laughs> dude. Gotta got, got keep that paper trail, man. Gotta, yeah, dude, gotta, gotta write that off. Gotta... <laughs> mm-hmm. Just, like, they're just as good, if not better, than them IOUs on the, on, on the truck stop uh, napkins. Um... So yeah, uh, speaking of putting faith into a uh, a social platform uh, built upon and predicated on the engagement and activity of uh, thousands upon thousands of people, uh, we are going to talk about here at Press Pause Radio episode 139, 
Uh, the current, and I don't think we've in the ten plus years that we've done the show, uh, going on, we're we're about to hit fourteen soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think we've actively talked about this uh, as any any point of like like focused subject matter. I mean, it's always been something in passing. I mean, we all we're all dabbling in our MMOs and have been right. over the last decade or so, but we haven't really kind of talked about it. And I figured. Now Did we not have than... like an eleven specific episode ever or anything like no. that? No, always really? something wow. that was in the works. We had we passing, had an eleven yeah. feature that we right. did for a hot minute, and then there was something that was planned with friend of the show uh, James Milky, mm. um, but he he dropped off uh, on eleven and kind of went to fourteen, and I mean that's just been the trend with anyone like you're either playing both or you're you're sticking with 14 right and uh honestly just the fact that i can't boot it up on my 360 anymore is really put kind of a mm-hmm. death nail in any any sort of interest i've had to try and rig drag something out similar you, drag out your ps2 with the hard drive it might still work nope all console servers have been shut down hmm. i still have my ps2 with my dude that's, that's how we saying. did it yes sir uh uh, we, that's how we ran our LAN parties. One would be on the PS2, mm-hmm. one would be on the 360, and the other one would be on their laptop. Love so, it. Oh, uh, is. Yep, but uh, yeah, except with all the without the shenanigans of somebody being like fucking duct taped to the ceiling and so on. Um, yeah, but I mean, yeah, we could really just expand from that. Just mm-hmm. it 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 went from like there's just so much that's gone into of it as of now, and to the point where like is the definition itself of a uh, massive multiplayer online game a bit arbitrary at this point in right. lieu of essentially all of the uh, games. I mean, the new term, I mean, that, and we'll, we'll definitely defer to that as far as uh, games as a service uh, and essentially what we can anticipate and really see in terms of the evolution and expansion of that idea, especially uh, in the console space. So... With that, yeah, let's go ahead and and dive into that smorgasbord. Let's log in, do a raid. <laughs> Just check in. Um, yeah, like the Matrix. Duty finder. Is that an MMO term? Oh no, that's 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 fourteen. That's you you, ah. you go into the duty finder and and you find duty D U T Y, not not to yes, be confused with yes. never. Uh, so in this roundtable, we've got some uh, MMO experts here. Not really, but <laughs> no, we'll what? <laughs> expert Sean Sean maybe uh, well, more so than anyone else here. I would have to assume. I yes, I will definitely. But hey, although. Although George, you feel like in my mind, I'm thinking like you're like some kind of like fancy star. I am. I I actively online right kind, now, kind of kind of dude for for sure. So in terms of, of fantasy star online two, 
uh-huh. uh, the last time I jacked in, um, mm-hmm. I was around the holidays uh, because there oh. was a special promotion. Uh, they they were doing a Thanksgiving event, uh, mm-hmm. and I with picking up uh, Ultimate Games Pass, they there's various perks that you get. Um, a lot of them bullshit, by the way. They they, they didn't work. Like the Spotify pass pff, didn't work. I think I may have missed out on the Disney Plus trial pass. I don't fucking know. Uh, but some of them were worthwhile, and uh, a good portion of them were just like some boosts and credits that um, mm. you were able to get in Fantasy Star. Um, and uh, un- among that too, I mean, just for downloading and playing it on. Um, Xbox One, I believe you even got like um, items that would kickstart uh, a lot of your experience points where you, without even doing too many uh, raids and grinding, were already able to kick up to at least level six or seven. So I did that just within the first hour, taking advantage of some of those advantages uh, mm-hmm. that were given. Um, but yeah, no, I, dude, the thing about. Fantasy Star Online 2 and I and I want to give more time to it is that I I fucked around a lot with the international version that I was able to download and and still run uh on my PC for a bit but then I dropped off just because of the big language barrier in like the you know the waning patience of so many other uh players when it came to doing specific encounters uh for like some of the rare drops on um various creatures in certain fields uh with all that really just removed out of the way for the uh official north american release for xbox one now i like i'll i'll boot in and i'll and i'll get into it every now and again but it it sort of came in full force and it basically like instead of like that pacing where like any other mmo just you know gradually feeding you more and more uh, for players who continually stay with it. It it just, it pulled like a Final Fantasy fourteen where it just fucking like packs you all in except it doesn't have, I think some of the streamline uh, quality of life enhancements of fourteen where it kind of, you know, tries to do its best to catch up players to where other more seasoned players are at. And like, I also think it's cross-play. So I kind of just found myself getting severely overwhelmed um if anything i've been fucking around with um trying to get an independent server uh to work for my copy of fantasy star um online episode one and two ultimate for the gamecube and like i've got the broadband adapter um Mm -hmm. so it's just a matter of me configuring it and then setting up the uh the various steps to like I get a VPN or uh, IPS manipulation going and then just basically boot in and, and that shit is analog as fuck. It's just a matter of like joining the uh, community forums or Reddit and mm-hmm. just like when people are like, Hey, we're going to log in and do this then. Yeah. Or like one of the servers I know, like it involves like a Patreon um, that I was kind of looking at, but it does actually have like somebody was able to actually program a, a front end client that you would actually use your computer and check to see if there are players and kind of communicate through there. Can't they use like warp pipe anymore? Is that like a antiquated? Warp pipe's gone. Is it? Okay. Yeah. I I miss Uh, warp pipe. I only fucked with it once and I did it for uh, double dash. Of course. And goddamn, like As one would. 
<laughs> yeah. And yeah. well, I mean, you either have that or Kirby's Air Ride oh, or yeah. 1080 Avalanche. I don't know if I, I can talk about Kirby right now. <laughs> man, We're still still going. I mean, hey, it's fine. I, I if you're into it, you're into it, man. I'm not going to kink shame. Like whatever you got to do, man. We're all trying to get by here. Yeah. Exactly. And like mm-hmm. I mean, it's <sighs> I'm I'm sure that when Forgotten Lands does come out, like if you if if you feel a certain something, there might be for only I don't know five ninety nine more on the eShop. Kirby can send oh, you personalized yeah. text messages. Who fucking yep. who knows? Yeah, man. <laughs> I, I he can, hey I, no. I I might be down. Hey, uh, I'm telling he'll you, man, your, he'll eat your phone. I've, I'll <laughs> gladly got, gladly left. I whole. just I just pictured ASMR it said and just like Kirby oh that's a Kirby that's, Kirby that's, Kirby eats your phone. <laughs> yeah, but it's just it, man. It's just, Kirby it's just, just on oh a microphone, you know, just eating the microphone and use. Yeah, but it's just yeah. like, and then you hey, just hear hey, it go, wow. People people need to pony up the money for that stuff. You can't be doing that for free on the podcast. This is again OnlyFans for that. I know. I'm trying. I'm trying to monetize this. Um, but yeah, no, we, mm-hmm. I think between, um, the three of us, I, I think we definitely got a, a nice panel here of, um, it's, and it's true because I think a lot of us have like old roots. Some of us have current obsessions and, uh, you know, for the most of us, I think we're always at least eyeballing and looking at what's next or what's around. Like, uh, all the three of us have kind of even talked about playing something together, like wanting to jump into a game. So it, it's always on our minds to some degree, whether or not we're as serious about it as we used to be or, or currently, but you can't deny yeah. it. It's like, it, it's fully encapsulated gaming, you know, to a point where I think it's oh, yeah. like you said earlier, the, the genre isn't really, it's kind of redundant to say it's a genre. Now it's kind of just, I don't know. It's just there, More now, of a feature. I guess. Right. A feature. Yeah. Like, like an element of a game. Not necessarily like the game genre itself. Well, like, so let's talk about it a little bit. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and just to, you know, kind of round robin, circle everybody back. And we've got yours truly, Georgie Boy. We've got Sean Dude. And we have Andrew Toast. Uh, yep. Here to, to give and gab about uh, what was essentially the MMORPG and you'll you'll notice that that RPG acronym has gradually kind of fallen off to where more more titles are uh, more commonly referred to just strictly as an MMO. And again, right. that that definer and essentially what comes with, um, I, I guess, living up to the the weight of a of a label like MMO, mm-hmm. especially in a current climate that, yeah, it just makes it seem a little redundant. want to talk about like the biggest thing to me as far as the 
the like the 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 big difference maker in in regard to this uh category this type of game uh that that makes it stand out above anything else in the uh the genre's history is just how many different games have actually and properties have made the jump over to console something that for the longest time was a very more it was definitely more of a niche thing that not many have ventured uh beyond final fantasy mm-hmm. i mean at this point i would say so to to my knowledge i believe everquest was the first bona fide console port of the rpg and again that was something that uh Sony so, Online Entertainment, yeah. yeah. Sony Online Entertainment uh, published a, a port over to PS2, uh, just to really take advantage of essentially the online capabilities at the time. Um, but I also believe that it even had crossplay. But it was limited to only a few servers, and I believe like uh, a lot of the baggage that came with that was just the fact that those servers, because they had crossplay. Uh, were often inundated with uh, traffic, at least within the first early mm-hmm. few years. So, um, definitely made like fucking logging in a pain, especially if you weren't using a broadband connection, which you would be surprised, uh, ladies and gentlemen, was uh, not a standard in the early aughts, but was we in had, fact we, the premium. We had this thing called dial-up, which, oh man, I can't modems. I fifty-six k like. The only dial-up console experience that I have with uh, with online gaming for dial-up is uh, Fantasy Channel, Star. Oh, okay. No, fa- yeah. Sega Channel. It it's not. It wasn't dial-up. It was like a weird. I remember like you cable. I, yes, you had to okay. get it. It yeah. had to be done through your cable box. You had the cartridge yeah. that was like, yeah. God, that thing was so Dude, weird. It was. It was yeah, and it was a fucking nightmare. It was crazy slow, but. If you wanted to play some bangers that you would never be able to play unless you pony up what would now even today would be hundreds yeah. upon hundreds of dollars uh, worth of games like Pulse Man and Golden Axe Three and The Wily Wars, um, that's how you did it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, uh, Dial Up was Fantasy Star Online for the Dreamcast. Um, holy shit, I just. The absolute fucking shit fest that was, and um, that was the stock connection method. Even then, the broadband adapter was available, but in limited quantities. And even then, I think if you were to try to find one today, because the independent servers do uh, are also up for the Dreamcast copies of the game, uh, that'll cost you a couple hundo. Um, mm-hmm. But I believe there are other like. Uh, there's actually a whole community of uh, various independent servers that are up for uh, games that utilize it. Um, Choo Choo Rocket being one, as well as uh, Worms Armageddon. Uh, so those two, and like, there's there's even like dedicated communities and YouTube channels Damn. that uh, organize like streaming parties, watch parties, and and just online parties for just lobbying and playing. Yeah, dude, it's. Oh man, um, like just diving into that. That's why it, like Parsec is a uh, very, still very interesting to me. But I feel like it, it as far as tapping into original hardware, the closest thing we're probably gonna like get with that is essentially utilizing some 
uh, background clients with Mr. Which, I mean, I, that's still quite an achievement. But I digress. Um, yeah, console MMOs are very much a dime a dozen. Uh, or, I'm sorry, the exact opposite of dime a dozen. They were I was going to say, there's... Yeah, and, not very but, many. But, but I think in, yeah. in that respect, maybe only necessary at the time because people didn't have to upgrade their consoles. They didn't have to worry about having the latest uh, updates and, and hardware for their console. You know, what you had is what you had. And I think at the time, more MMOs and more games should have tapped into that. But I think if you were going to play these games, you wanted to have it on PC. You wanted to have it with keyboard and mouse. And, you know, eventually over time, consoles were able to support keyboard and mouse. But like you said, like it, it didn't happen often on the console because trying to map it to a controller was a very... Uh, difficult thing to do. I mean, there's so many things that go into an MMO, you know, your macros, things like that. It can be very difficult to try to map that all to a controller. Um, but I think MMOs at a genre would have gotten more successful if you had more people that could take advantage of, you know, hardware that could play it and run it. Uh, but at the time, you had to be, you know, kind of up on PC building. You had to know how to put one together that will run these games. Now, PC building is is really simplified and it's kind of plug and play for the most part. I think that's why you see the landscape so uh, oversaturated now because it can be so easy to get these games out into you know people's hands. Where before there was kind of a lot of like there wasn't as much access. I think back then. No, but yeah, the three main choices at that point was Fantasy Star, which. Mm-hmm. Um, so I take that back, and it's stupid that I mentioned that. Fantasy Star did come, of course, before EverQuest. But as far as... And it did have its own subscription that you had to pay for and mm-hmm. had to set up. But uh, it wasn't until really EverQuest and Eleven that this sort of started making strides uh, for consoles. And it wasn't until sometime in between in the PC space where we've had other like big players that have either come and gone like guild wars of course world of warcraft absolutely changed the landscape which we'll get into that um at a later point in discussion i think that was when like the genre itself peaked into the mainstream uh that we started seeing what what is honestly probably the most prevalent in in the most common uh uh, example of this genre today and that, that's the freemium model a lot of free-to-play MMOs that primarily stake uh, a lot of their uh, revenue on microtransactions and essentially how that goes and to the point where like it, it's just it's amazing to me because in any almost on any platform now regardless of like what you may have currently except for the, with the exception of the Nintendo Switch, uh, you can find some form of free-to-play MMO on any major smartphone, console, or even just clientele for a PC. Even like is something as uh, uncommon as like Mac interfaces or Linux. As far as uncommon for the sake of dedicated gaming, but in terms of the 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 console space there 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 was that gap that essentially kind of just went to a point where uh 
mainstream consoles in and of themselves, aside from Final Fantasy XI, which uh, Microsoft was able to secure something with Square, uh, kind of just disappeared from the console space for a hot minute, which is also very strange within it itself because that's when, I mean, console gaming in it was hitting its like stride with online offerings and was I was starting to be able to deliver like a dedicated service sans a subscription model of course which I think I don't know that that was probably just a growing pain for just something as casual well not necessarily casual but something that's not as uh much of a commitment as an MMO like online first person shooting fighting etc mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. kind of just saw I think them- but they always talked about, like, I remember, like, for years, they always discussed about WoW coming to consoles. You know, like, that would be the thing, I think, to really, like, kickstart that whole initiative of having all of your MMOs on console would have been if WoW went over, and they never did. I don't know if it was just because Blizzard had no intentions of doing it or just, you know, it wasn't in the right hands. I think now, if anything else, you'll see it happen now that they're acquired by Microsoft. Like, There's I could that. see it happening now because Microsoft never really had a, a place in PC gaming with the exception of like, I guess game pass now for PC is not terrible, but it's not the go-to it's not the standard, it, you know, Microsoft on PC's never been the standard. It's always been steam. And I so I say, think, yeah. yeah. So I think now they could easily say, okay, we're going to make this a console experience. And I think if they do that with some of blizzards offerings, they, they, they could maybe kickstart that. I think it's always a possibility. I mean, especially nowadays, could, I mean, we've already seen like, Diablo kind of make a a big return to the console space, but sure. even then, I'm thinking of like, it it's just been like a in, until we've entered this particular generation, which is really hard in its of itself to kind of split apart or even distinguish from the most recent generation. Like in my mm-hmm. in my mind, PlayStation Four and and Xbox One are all within the same era that we're currently working with now as far as the five and the series x and s um it doesn't help that we're still almost like i just so many stories that i hear of people not even being able to still find series yeah s series x and uh ps fives even like or or necessarily have a reason to i mean i wouldn't say there's a lot out that you can't play on a ps4 or you can't play on xbox one right like there's not a lot of console exclusive offerings that you would really require it you know uh, which is fine, which is good, because then you don't have to necessarily segregate the market. Like you can still have those experiences on either system, which which I think is is the best for consumers. But not being able to get the one that you would ultimately want is still awfully frustrating. Well, right. Oh, yeah. Even then, like exclusive at this point, the, with the exception of Nintendo, until like some earth shattering thing like mm. changes that. Knock on wood. Uh, most exclusives now at this point kind of just come with a caveat of an asterisk and and more or more or less a matter of time of when if not if Um, right but kind of just going into that even then i'm thinking like just going back in my mind palace in in kind of racking my brain before we started seeing uh just more and more i think again until that freemium model i mean there was dc universe online which again that was another that was another gamble with Sony, uh, just kind of hedging all bets on DC media and uh, really just making that like a huge thing for the PlayStation 3. And <laughs> it didn't take 
I think more than two years before like it did not pay off in the way they were anticipating and just to keep the game alive it moved over to a free-to-play model uh, mm-hmm. I think at this point really just considering it um, I, I'm trying to think aside from like the success story of, of 14 uh, how many I mean 14 uh, started life also on the PlayStation 3. And that was also a bit of a train wreck in terms of the mm-hmm. lack of focus and direction. But um, I think that what really kind of just w- whatever peak uh, just the genre may have experienced with WoW, I think the, the, the second wind that has kind of brought it to where it is today and where it's surprisingly thriving is the free-to-play model. Mm-hmm. Now, oh, yeah. I mean, would you guys agree with that? Yeah, I mean, totally. You have to. The The access has to be readily available. If you have a paywall, you know, already in place, that's just going to prohibit so many people from at least giving it a shot, you know? Well, especially with as embattled as WoW is right now, just between, I mean, we all know, like, what's going on at Blizzard overall. Um, right. Or, or don't, apparently, or something new and horrifying almost every day at this point. Um weirdly relieved to hear that Microsoft is buying them, but um, no, and and just between that and just the fact that the content itself has just gotten so haphazard, it's like there's just a giant wheel that whatever's even left of their team is just kind of spinning at this point. It's like, okay, well, maybe the fans will like this. Oh, no, they hated that too. Okay, well, let's try let's try this random thing that just doesn't make sense. Or, well, maybe we can retcon this over here. And it's just become such a mess it, in itself that it's like, I, yeah. I do think it might be a little more forgivable in some players' minds if the subscription wasn't attached to it. Right, I, I don't right. know. But. Well, and they couldn't even, they released a classic version that I don't think is a subscription-based thing. I think you just... Or or maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Like, is WoW Classic like a, a per month thing? You know, the difficult thing, I, I, I am ashamed to admit this. I can't recall how many times I've been asked that. But for the longest time, I was subscribed to WoW for so long that I, I couldn't tell the difference because I was just wow. like, okay, I'll play some Classic and, oh, well, I'm in. Or, may, or maybe so. it's just a thing that comes along with your active subscription. I, I don't know, but... I feel like even offering classic, which for a lot of people they've wanted that forever, and that's why they would like strongly not go back to WoW, and then they finally get it, and they're like, "Well, this is still is not good," <laughs> you know. Well, I yeah. think, and it's weird too because the the free to play, I granted with just the name in and of itself, and just what goes into the upkeep and maintenance of an MMO, you'd have to think, what's the catch? What's the right? What's right. The hint? And, I mean, there are ways, of course, to exploit that, but at some point, nothing is actually, like, in heavy... It, it's all in heavy air quotes, the free to play, because playing, of course, won't cost anything, but the the ultimate crutch that keeps you coming back, advancing, progressing, that's absolutely going to cost you some real-world space bucks. And uh, I'm just... I You know... I I kind of um I was always curious to see how exactly that kind of came to play because at at some point and and this is where another dirty mechanic that also kind of reared its head and has also made waves 
across honestly a a, a wide plethora of uh, online heavy uh, experiences, uh, loot boxes, and just the oh, just the yeah. connotation of essentially like what's essentially become a form of gambling in terms of the perceived value of uh, what you'd be getting versus what you'd be spending in the lottery uh, system behind it uh, already is, is brought up a, a, not just a question of ethics, but like a legal question in place in regard to like various gambling laws that uh, are even within the United States itself, just state by state on a state level alone, not to mention a, uh, at a country level and in this platform here that can essentially host players from all different walks of life. Um, I find it kind of strange that this was the thing that give it like a, a, a second kick of air because for a while, I mean, we, wow was kind of waning. I want to say, and again, I'm not too familiar me personally. I have, I have never found world of Warcraft appealing. At least I would say now, like prior to again all the nonsense and the the awful uh situation concerning to the blizzard workforce and what have you um j- just the overall look and and feel and and just my previous exposure to it with uh roommates who were uh heavily obsessed with it 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 never really struck a chord with me that I think would have any sort of mainstream accessibility in terms of looks, presentation, playability. It's it's just ironic enough that now more than ever, I think the game is accessible, but it's mm-hmm. it's just it's burnt itself so badly on both ends uh, of the candle that I, I don't think it's in a position, and especially with, as we mentioned with the, the ongoings of Blizzard, it is absolutely not in a position to even appeal or attract a new player base. I can't even imagine uh, what existing player base may be, especially in light of all of its alternatives. But Um, but I feel like even like with with the exception of the controversy uh, part of that, uh, you know, what you just said, that can also be said for 11. Like exactly what you said verbatim with with the exception of the controversy aspect, I think could be said about 11 because I think it's always been... People either love or hate WoW. People love or hate Eleven, and it's always been that way. But they still have an audience. They still have people playing it for some reason. Like, like I, I don't know if they just stick with it because they they don't want to give it up. Oh yeah, like they dude. put so much time. I mean, the time and effort going into a game like that is such an investment that people will stick with it just for the sole fact of they put so much into it they don't want to let it go. No, totally. And letting go of it, I can I can speak personally on that. Letting go right. of WoW was definitely hard i mean there was right there was a a few of those days it just felt like i wanted to you know just go outside and stand in an empty pool and stare off into space or <laughs> it really becomes that. a part of your life i mean i mean it, it is crazy i mean and you know you've heard the horror stories of people in mmos and and the dedication like basically it's like their job and people have you know lost jobs they've dropped mm-hmm. out of school you know because these were so uh and, and you know, I think it's unfortunate because I think it, I don't think the game in itself is, you know, wholly responsible for that. I think people have addictive tendencies, and I think that kind of goes into play with you know getting really enveloped in a game like that. But oh, totally. you can't you can't deny that like that 
and even now, like George said, with the introduction of loot boxes, DLC content, the fear of missing out, uh, you know, fear of missing out for me has always been the like go-to thing for an MMO. I will jump into an MMO day one and bounce off of it, but I always jump in oh, day yeah. one. And I always buy because like, I don't want to miss out on getting the stuff right away or you know leveling up and like it's always been such a crucial part of that experience that i i get to i totally understand like why someone would play an mmo for years and be like i can't give it up i did all this like this is all oh, yeah, something there's I put a time there's a sunk and love cost and energy fallacy into. to it like to the point right. where like if you stuck with it the first couple like and and that's i mean developers bank on that at some point oh, of course. like yeah like where <laughs> they, they, you... they lean you into that specifically yeah, but even then, I think about, like, the the point I was trying to think, I think it's Wrath of the Lich King or whatnot. Again, f- forgive me, I'm not fucking familiar with WoW at all in the expansions. I want to say mm. it was, like, one of the, either the third or the fourth, it was pre-Panda. Whatever the fucking, <laughs> whatever the expansions were pre, like, uh, Panda's going everywhere. Whereas uh-huh. where- the expansion, I, I think I know where you're going with this. Probably Cataclysm. But- it was Cataclysm. The, the expansion right. that most players were the most disappointed in at the time was Cataclysm. Uh, Ratch- Wrath of the Lich King. Um, okay, so that is the correct name. Yeah, yeah. probably so, most so popular. Is... I, I think yeah, that's where I think that, it, that at that point, that's where I think it peaked, even in mainstream media, like where it hit its... It uh, did, roughly, yeah. It hit its checklist with South Park and Simpsons mm-hmm. and then like even parodies on fucking... CSI special victims unit and or sorry law and order special victims unit and shit like that. Um, and Lich King had its issues, but it was still uh, generally speaking, it was a it was a favorite expansion. Like, it, but Wow uh, Wow certainly started a boom, and it, it it's it's just weird because like we're the the point where I thought this was definitely an intriguing topic is like this genre in and of itself has had its own crash, and like you wouldn't even know it. And the the way you had to have paid attention because at some point, like you would be surprised everything at some point had its own MMO and some of the points of accessibility and, and when to play and, and how many like how large a player base was. I mean, it varies, but like a lot of the a lot of the different MMOs that you wouldn't even remember existing or whatnot have like a lot of them have closed uh, a lot of them are very cut and paste. Um, like, if anybody remembers fucking Defiance, uh, right. that was the tie-in to that goddamn sci-fi show. Defiance, wasn't that like a, a shooter MMO kind of yeah. thing? Wasn't there shooting involved in that? Okay, yeah, that was like yeah, a hybrid. That, I do that remember one's, that. That one shut down fucking... Um, I, I had a crazy time of people like posting stuff recently about like Wildstar... And, and some of these MMOs oh, dude, that came and went, and I was remember, like, "Holy shit!" Yeah, dude, I, I remember I, like, yeah, we sat I was like, in on Whoa. the uh, we were on the the presser for a while. Sorry, I think when we first saw it getting uh, like Pax. I don't know if it was a Pax panel. Yeah, dude. Like, yeah, it was. It was. Yeah. And, and yeah, a lot of these have already come and gone. Fucking yeah. And and then at some point, like the the definition of massive multiplayer, like in in terms of its reach, mm-hmm. is also stretched when you think of like. Fucking uh, Dragon Quest Nine, uh, Dragon no not nine I believe it's ten yeah Dragon but we Quest never, but Ten we we've never gotten it no Th- and that was We're supposed to yeah dude and you want to know what it was fucking released on the the PS2? Wii U the Wii oh, U the fucking the D and the Wii and oh. the and the and like there was even a uh, crossplay version for the 3DS that didn't entirely pan out 
So like, mm. we're I don't even know what they're doing. Like that's still a very much like active. Like it is. I mean, it's on the verge of being closed, if not already closed. Okay, yeah, it's on the uh, verge of being closed. Yeah, and they have. So we never even got a chance. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, just think of how active like that player base still is. I think it got moved over to. I think there's a port now for PlayStation Four. Um, mm. fucking Eve. Like Eve, like had its own moment of self destruction, and then like, I mean, you can arguably say the same thing about a Realm Reborn, which again, like in terms of success stories and like most notable and kind of just really what sparked uh, this conversation, like never has an MMO hit its lowest point, especially with arguably a license as recognizable and as famous as Final Fantasy and become what may be considered one of the, like, again, one of the the, the biggest examples or endorsements of why the genre is dying or failing and has made such a fucking upswing and comeback. Just a complete turnaround. Turnaround to the point where, like, cues are, like, uh, tapped. I've never. And they were heard... telling people not to buy it. Like yeah. you can't buy it right now. Like we're can't. not selling it to you until we figure this out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We are we are over fucking whelmed. The joke so, I so... heard for a while it was uh, instead of Endwalker called the uh, Q Walker. Yeah. So Sean, you're playing it actively right now, right? Uh oh yeah. Okay, so I don't want to dive on this specific game too much, but I figured we'd ask him before we dive into the next part of the conversation. Mm-hmm. What is it about fourteen that made it so popular? Why did everyone flock to this all of a sudden? I mean, I know it's had a steady fan base, but then at some point, like I don't know if it was a streamer thing where like someone was streaming it and it got more traction that way, which is kind of what I think. And this is a part of this conversation, I think, too, is the reaction to these games when they come out are based solely upon influencers and people that play them and, and they're like oh like that they're gonna flock to this because this person's playing it and then it just dies off after they're they got their money and they're done but so is that my, what happened with 14 or something so, else? so my general understanding i mean first off you talk about access uh, free access and there is it's i, I like to say it's almost it, it's a joke but it's not like it's it, it's it's a meme basically but mm-hmm. the whole meme of like well did you know that you can play the award-winning critically acclaimed <laughs> mmo final fantasy 14 which also includes the uh heaven's ward expansion of free up to level 60 well anyway it, it's um, not free anymore. You, you, i tried you, you yeah, got yeah, nailed well, man you, you you nailed it in yeah one. got right. it well, no, I, I'm sure some words skip there, but no, I mean, number one, there was just the ac- the access aspect, like mm-hmm. just getting players involved in that regard before this all blew up. Number two, every subsequent expansion that has come out since has, in a lot of players' opinion, been better than the last. Like A Realm Reborn, it was uh, when it came out. I mean, it was it, it it is a good game, and it still is a good game. But you compare it to current expansions, and and you'll find this too if you if you give it a shot it's uh it's a little more campy the voice some of the voices leave a you know a, a good deal to be desired but you know mm-hmm. as soon as heaven's ward came out then stormblood then shadowbringers and now endwalker it's like subsequently each expansion was better now the next aspect of this and this is the more recent aspect um and you know maybe a lot of people would instantly agree maybe some folks would disagree but I I have to give credit where credit is due to the so-called great WoW Exodus uh, mm, <laughs> that definitely okay. had an impact where a lot of folks were looking for a game that was well number one that was 
as good as WoW was like in its golden days at, at the time, especially some older players such as myself. Um, number two, a game for a lot of folks, and this is what happened with a lot of buds that I know who are playing 14 right now, they wanted a game that's better than WoW in terms of not trying to just completely screw the player over with fear of missing out, which I'm glad you mentioned FOMO with WoW because that is one of, if not the biggest problem with the game right. in general. definitely. And number two, a game that really allows you to just kind of kick back a little bit and explore more things on your own terms since that FOMO element isn't the only thing that's fueling it that it isn't just based on the subscription and and with all of that that i just mentioned combined with the fact that yeah this thing at least before the key walker thing (laughs) happened it there was all open access at least up to level 60 through the second expansion and it really helped it grow speed i mean i i didn't even need to play through all of heaven's sword i was probably maybe like five hours in total and i was like okay yeah um they've got my money yep i say man it's like it's lightning in a bottle man like all of a sudden it's just like like this is it man you know it's like how wow was then is what 14 has done now i mean at least to the layman who maybe just kind of see it and are like a little curious about it it's like wow like this thing is undeniable right now And, and i think it's great to see you know and like george said just to see the resurgence and, and the turnaround from 1.0 to what it is now it's incredible i i think um, absolutely i think yeah. the well even then like another factor too that i've been trying to rack my head around because again we've kind of gone down memory lane before we kind of look at the current climate and mm-hmm. really the sticking point like the whole irony behind it is just finding something as an MMO, you'd imagine, like, the inherent appeal of an MMO is a engrossing or otherwise living world that's building on itself that you, as a player, affect and be a part of. Like, you think that that's, like, one of the biggest attractions of continually sticking with an MMO. Mm-hmm. And there are so many different concepts and premises and things that you think would absolutely knock it out of the park or just like be perfect in to to complement like just the the overall like foundation of what makes an mmo and and how it can capitalize on on said world building and yet so many things and so many games that you wouldn't think have failed have failed and it can only reasonably be because of a the way it's uh the way it plays and B, uh, just the the overall activity and in, in, in the engagement of the player base, the size of the player base, mm-hmm. because the whole point is to create and foster a game that requires active engagement from multiple players. But like, I'm looking at like some of the active uh, game uh, like game universes, various MMOs. Like, did you all know that there is a mist? Excuse me, that's my fucking dryer. Apologies. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you all know that there is a mist MMO, as in the fucking the, the point and click mist uh. series? It has its own MMO. Do you know what used to be an MMO and is no longer one? The fucking Matrix Online. Like I something- remember. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, I remember that. Um, so much uh, so that that canon of that game is what went into not to spoil it the most recent Matrix movie. Right, and like, yeah. yes. 
and, and it's just so funny that like something with the that sort of mainstream appeal and backing uh couldn't live longer than four years because of like it's an inability to remain consistent with those those qualities I had made mention, but something like missed if if you've given a game or set up a dynamic just just productive or conducive enough for returning players to continually invest time into it i it may, I won't say it'll thrive, but it, it will absolutely sustain. And that's the thing. I mean, can you arguably say that MMOs are successful if they're sustainable versus if they're thriving? I am unfortunately not privy enough to answer that in detail, but I'd have to imagine like with overhead and the fact that like every year more and more costs a variety of different things cost more and more to do and like I mean fucking you can't even shake an email at something without getting a notification that Hulu is going up, your Netflix is going up, something is right. going up. The they're mm-hmm. like these membership and subscription models are gradually climbing within and of themselves and yet they still remain open uh, alongside freemium offers. And and like other stuff too, like uh just a regional exclusive like we we've neglected to mention and funny enough, Lost Ark, that being one of the more common offerings, that's sourced out of Korea, and yet Amazon trying to expand their publishing portfolio and trying to carve some sort of space in gaming to the best that they can with Luna as well as other streaming services uh, has made it upon themselves to kind of expand the access of Lost Ark, uh, for better or worse, because the game is kind of vanilla from what I've seen thus far. Uh, You'd be surprised, like MapleStory... Global hit, global sensation, absolutely fucking killing it. Uh, versus Maple Story Two, completely like a big departure. Where Maple Story is a two-dimensional side-scrolling, like something that you didn't think could really happen within the scape of MMOs, and did do so. So, of course, naturally, the next uh, step in in that uh, ideal is to take it to a three-dimensional space. Uh, kind of tanked. Uh, on its global rollout and is now mainly maintained in the Korean region. You know, uh, one I gotta one I gotta mention too, real quick. Um, I played a little bit of myself uh, when it first came out, um, and it was really big. Just if only for a moment, and a lot of people liked. It. And there was actually a lot of uh, disdain for the server shutdowns at the time. But uh, City of Heroes was a really big ah one. right. Um, right. I forgot about City of Heroes. Yeah. There's actually a bit of a. Uh, I, I haven't looked into this myself yet in detail, but there is supposedly a uh, some sort of City of Heroes uh, resurgence. Um, I think through Steam of all places, in some way, shape, or form. I, I might ha- I'd have to triple check this, but um, uh, another bud of mine was telling me to uh, basically get on board with this at, as I was wrapping up Endwalker. So that was that was kind of a <laughs> kind of a uh, rock in a hard place there. But right, right, because well, like- that that yeah. A lot of people bounce off of endgame stuff too. MMOs always like yeah. have like endgame that can make or break it. Like if you get to the end and you put all that time and effort in and your efforts are for naught and you don't have something to really like sink your teeth into and really, you know, invest in, then you're gonna bounce right off of it. And it's like George said, you need a player base. Like massively multiplayer online games need multiplayer. If you don't have people playing, it's just going to be yourself playing and you don't want that. Uh, but you it, need it, people to play with. 
you need something that essentially is larger than the license that it, it fuels itself on. Right, like again, yes, absolutely. It could be the most generic thing, like Lost Ark. That story is garbage. It's generic as all hell. But everyone's playing it because everyone's playing it. Like, it's just, you, <laughs> the more people are in there doing it, you're like, oh, I want to be a part of this. I want to I want to jump in, too. And, like, the gameplay's okay enough to where it'll keep you grinding, but, like, I, you don't do it for the story or the okay. property because it, it's nonsense. But I think some there are some exceptions to the rule where I feel like their license is literally the only thing keeping them afloat. Because, again, I'm looking okay. at current offerings right now. And, and I say this with the utmost respect, but, like, if if you want is something as primitive as what EverQuest was back in the day, I, boy, have I got a bridge to sell you. And that is the Elder Scrolls Online. And, boy, howdy. Um it's another very rough transition of consoles, but also a console offering. And then we've got Star Wars The Old Republic. Again, two games that are very rich in their lore and their uh, worlds. And do you remember how big Galaxy was back in the day? Like how many people oh, fuck. fucking love Star Wars oh, Galaxies? Yeah. yeah. God. And then Holy we, shit, that, man, that transition. That shit. Yeah, and the transition over to Old Republic, uh, Rocky. Rocky as I remember fuck. I remember specific people I knew playing Galaxies and they were so pissed off because they made it such a a climb to get a lightsaber, right? Like it was the most difficult thing to do in the game. If you got a lightsaber that was like a, a status that you were able to play that long and, and that hard to get a lightsaber and then they did uh updates to the game to where you could just get one no problem. Kyber crystals not an issue. You can get them like nothing. Uh, and people were like, fuck this. And that's when it died because you made it too accessible. And, and, and there's definitely a balance there of like the game being too hard and just for the hardcore players and, and being accessible. Like you have to find that balance or you're going to alienate most of your player base. And that's what happened with galaxies. Like it died because of that. I, I kind of want to touch base now. Cause we, we, we've dabbled in like the, the history and the legacy lead up and just kind of yeah. qualities that even then and right now <laughs> which I, is crazy it's like the best part to talk about mmos is talking about the good old days you know it seems, yeah. at least for like the old school players i think it's the best part of it's talking about what was yeah it's well, funny though when you think about it it was all really uh lack of better words grindy <laughs> it's just just a lot of grinding and as just, much as we hate that kind of stuff now yeah. it used to be all we had and then we loved it yeah yeah it's, but, yeah. but but, but yeah, we got anyway. the timeline yeah i mean it's but within that timeline i'm just kind of trying to pick apart because again what makes this whole discussion fascinating to me is that there 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 was a gradual boom mm-hmm. then there was a drop off there was a lot of, i mean fuck you guys remember tabula rasa uh roughly yeah dude like there at some point i and i i I'd, I'd go so bold as to say there was sorts of a crash I think even like the most successful and most stalwart of MMOs like DC Universe and WoW and Eleven prior to like the reshift and focus of fourteen going into a realm reborn, prior to that, they're like even the most successful of MMOs, they were suffering at the time because console gaming in terms of like what people wanted for an investment or to that effect an online space uh because of the utilities and, and just more of the infrastructure being uh more accessible to a larger player base. I mean we saw you just saw a ship more people just wanted to like 
play some rounds to shoot people. Um, mm-hmm. Play some fucking rounds to uh, essentially just fight people. Uh, there was a it 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 wasn't like this novel thing anymore, and because that the online landscape kind of shifted and expanded. Um, it, it just really narrowed what was kind of already arguably a niche into a smaller niche. And then honestly free to play. And then just some other brave gambles and smartphones kind of just brought it back into a, uh, I would, I would say, I don't want to say profitable, but more or less a, um, a viable uh, slice of of the the gaming landscape, um, but now now we go into where things are a bit blurred because like mm-hmm. we've primarily been talking about MMOs and both of the action, the turn base, and whatnot. Uh, they're primarily sourced on the RPG uh, dynamic, that definer. But there are so many other games now that you the term games as a service. I mean, the most mm-hmm. prevalent, and I would say like, uh, I don't know. I don't know if I'd go as far as to say pioneer, but definitely one of the one, one of the biggest ones kind of leading that charge in, in, in the mainstream market is destiny. Destiny, I believe, too, is just coming out with another expansion. Something, and again, forgive me, I'm not, I'm not hip mm-hmm. with Destiny like Andrew is. Um, but, but, it, but it could have easily turned into a sequel after sequel experience. I mean, that's kind of the trajectory it was going into until Bungie split from Activision and became its own thing, and then they decided to's fine where it is. We're just going to do multiple expansions off of that engine. But I think initially the plan was to always go to a Destiny three. So I think games as a service wasn't necessarily always going to be in its cards. I think it was going to be, we put out a $60 release, you buy the expansions, and then in three years we'll put out another $60 game. Um, I think the the term of games as a service is you have a base game and then you add on to that base game with no sequel. Uh, something like a League of Legends or something like... Um, I, I don't know. Like I, I, think, I think games as a service has to be it's just the game with multiple iterations upon that one base game. Like I know five, they want five to be uh street fighter five. We we're talking about fighting games earlier. Street fighter five was supposed to be a games as a service. And then it didn't do well. Like five has not done very well. So now here we are as of this recording, six just got announced. So I think games as a service for me, in my opinion has to be the base game doesn't change. You just add on to what's already there. Um, so I don't know. I, I mean, I mean, destiny has MMO elements for sure. Uh, but I think games as a service to me just is the one core thing and that's it. Like how WoW would be or any MMO. Any MMO would be the base game with other expansions. The moment you roll out a sequel, it's no longer a game as a service. Right. Well, and then again, it, it, it sort of just 
it depends on how long of a tail you really put into it. Because, like, uh, I, I think one of the more recent games that come to mind that that tried to really capitalize on a thriving IP, like a, a license that has garnered, like, mass appeal, is Avengers. Uh, and that did not exactly pan out as well, to the point where it almost significantly affected its follow-up, which isn't even then uh, the same type of game at all. It's more of a single-player experience that I'm understanding, right, Guardians? Right, yeah, Guardians, it may be just the engine's the only thing it has in in common. Uh, And and it's Avengers, like, that is definitely, they toted that thing as a games as a service for a long time, Mm -hmm. and the story was okay, but once you got to the end game multiplayer, like here's the stuff you can do for months at a time, it was just bad. It was boring. It was repetitive. Like it had like it was grind, but like not fun. Uh, and that was like if this is the games as a service, you need to bring the game part of that service, and it wasn't there. Which I mean, there's only, I think there's only so much that can be done. Uh, I find it funny, however, that like a big missing um, name in this space and the, they are technically in the space, but in a very weird and, and again, nuanced way uh, is Nintendo, but they're mainly doing that in the mobile market as far as Mm -hmm. what they're doing with uh, Mario Kart world tour. And to some effect, uh, essentially their involvement or lack thereof um, with uh, Game Freak and Niantic. I mean, to some extent, like they are involved to an effect and essentially how Game Freak uses those characters. It's not entirely up to Game Freak, but Pokemon Go um, and essentially what it's on, which you can argue is in itself a pseudo MMO game, especially in its current iteration where, I mean, one of the, the biggest raids. mechanics are the raids and the fact that you right. do need to coordinate with other players. You need to coordinate mm-hmm. friendships with other players to progress not only your own experience, but the the various uh, cooperation relationships that you then use to better your odds of uh, more difficult raids. And a lot of the objectives and research missions that involve you coordinating with other players. Um, it's kind of surprising to me. And again, I, I mean, I can definitely see why, uh, with again, the platform at this point being the switch that they're going all in on. And again, Nintendo has already, uh, made a very big statement like, Hey, like we're barely approaching what we project to be the midway mark of the switch's life cycle. Um, and especially when you consider like the the other uh, alternatives uh, already wildly more advanced in the Switch, um, I'm kind of curious to see at any point if there is a property or something that they can even put into effect. I mean, if any property is more ripe for this sort of thing in in a space that goes beyond the Go concept, it's absolutely Pokemon. Uh, I mean, that's money on the table that Nintendo's leaving. I mean, they're rather just spent, like, to the point where, <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ, and I totally forgot about it. There is somebody already filling that hole, uh, and I don't remember the name of the game, and we've talked about it. I am going to look it up and most likely put it in the show notes. That fucking 
game that's essentially Pokemon, but with guns. Um, oh, and... yeah. What was that? We... Oh, that one. Yes. Holy shit. That looks awesome. <laughs> it, like... It, it's like oh, Pokemon dear. with guns and Splatoon, kind of, right? Yep. Is that what I'm thinking of? Yeah, yeah and then, man. Like... That, shit, that shit looks dope. Like, yeah, dude, like <laughs> people are already kind of taking the ball that Nintendo is leaving on the floor. And, and running with it, but it's only a matter mm-hmm. of time before we see them get more involved in the mobile space. But I mean, that's kind of short selling the mobile space. I'd, I'd be curious, and I unfortunately we didn't come prepared with uh, figures for analysis or, or comparison. Um, but I'm very curious to see like what sort of revenue um, mobile offerings. Because to me, honestly, I think the mobile space is probably the like most lucrative the, yeah to absolutely be. well not even has the most lucrative be. but like the most out of everything like on par with that of like a uh, 14 realm reborn and whatnot in terms of uh active players and and shit going on and like they, I mean, shit, all you gotta see is how many people play clash of clans or some crazy shit like that and you're like well there you go <laughs> like it's it's insane look out world it's gonna be final fantasy 14 versus wordle I mean, it, dude. <laughs> do, do you do you pay do you, do you pay for that? Because I see that shit all over the place. Are people paying uh, it's, for that? It, no, it's it's for, okay. dude. That's that's been Val's new jam, and like to the point yeah. where I'm just I'm just fucking yelling at words. I'm like Crane, uh, witty, ditzy, fuck. Uh, like I and they're like, there's no K's. Like I don't know. Um, I mean, I, no judgment personally. Like I, it looks it looks really cool. It's really fun. fun. I, I, I'm, I I'm waiting for like New York Times to art. Like there's already reports that there there have been like like New York Times is actively mining player data already. They've uh, only owned it for God knows I don't even know how much long. I was actually going to talk to Val about it. It just came to memory uh, just I'm not, now. But not gonna not gonna lie though. I I, I wouldn't mind seeing less tweets about it. I don't I mind mean, it. I mean, <laughs> Ed playing. And, and full disclosure, full disclosure, my Twitter is trash, but I, yeah. I mean, uh, hey, it's got to be something of Ed's playing it. Uh, I can't play it because I'm an iPhone user. So uh, Wordle is only for Android. Um, I don't know what fucking happened. I didn't get in on the uh, crazy time, so they flappy bird the shit out of Wordle yeah, for uh, Apple, so, and I don't know yeah. why. <laughs> oh, flappy bird. We hardly knew ye. I'm. I'm... I, I play an MMO. <laughs> you play the Flappy Bird <laughs> MMO. The Flappy Bird MMO. Absolutely. So, I think at this point, like the big thing, kind of talking about it is that a Realm Reborn was able to redefine um, what and an and MMO could be in accessibility, especially like it's insane. Like people that I would never imagine to like sit and coordinate things in the, in like in the, in the scope of like something like, I believe the term for it in 14 is companies like that. I like 11's link shelves. Uh, Warcraft is guilds and what have you like coordinating that sort of dynamic and just organizing a run, building like plans and, and scheduling something to that effect. And then even taking on like people not, and I don't say this in, in any way, shape or form to be judgmental, but just like the, the absolute onus of commitment that like these games, even in their most streamlined forms, like here in the year 2022, like 
the, the sorts of obligations that these games can still command, you, it's just surprising to me like how insanely uh, popular they've all become, became again. I wonder, and, and this is just a wild guess, um, I, I think there's one major factor that really contributed to it. And I'm kind of uh, curious as to what will happen, knock on wood, when this factor uh, becomes nothing but a distant and awful memory. And that's COVID-19. Have you guys noticed that prior to 2020, um, maybe this space of games, again, were still sort of niche and nuanced. And then since going into 2020 and then beyond, because of the degree and level of socialization involved that like these types of games thrived more than they ever would have in any other environment yeah absolutely i mean it's anything's better than doing zoom parties (laughs) yeah those Uh, two words those three words to get or yeah those two words together just depress me at this point right you want to have a zoom party no i want to go outside i'll play i'll play this mmo instead so i i I stepped on you sean you were gonna say Oh no! I just said yeah. Instead of a Zoom party, I just wanted to yeah go outside. Yeah, just so. touch grass. Yeah. Just like yeah, exactly. I, I I dude. Yeah, the last thing I want is a Zoom party. We already get those force upon us at our day job. Like, why the fuck? Like, I'd rather just like please let me just text you. Let me just just talk to me where like I can email give it. you yeah email it something something along those lines. Um, but yeah, I I'm kind of curious like. Uh, I mean, this might be too presumptuous of me to say, but given, like, ideally, when we we start seeing a a gradual return, I you know, we can't really say that nothing's ever going to be the same again. But whenever we're at a point where we can more safely socialize with one another mm-hmm. and maybe not depend on the... Uh, safety of remote interactions um, will we see any sort of decline or potential um, uh, just anything in regard to MMOs as far as like where they're at now like I I feel like at this point they're they're at their second peak there's there's a lot of options there's a lot going on and again it's it's primed for the environment that we're all in and trying to maintain safety in but like is that a bubble that's prone to popping either by virtue of a saturation which i think is uh potentially like we we are nearing or b again just like a, a a potential like again climb back towards like whatever new state of normalcy that we can have when it comes to uh modern socialization especially in in something like games uh, you know what... i i was just gonna say I, I think in terms of the the mmo bubble uh and and i think you hit it right on the head that we we're seeing this kind of resurgence right now because of, you know, it, it is a sign of the times because a lot more folks are indoors and it did give an opportunity to increase that niche. Uh, I think the bubble itself in terms of like the complete oversaturization, we, I, I personally think we're actually past that. But what we're seeing right now is I agree. that there are a lot of companies out there um, 
that are seen as his, oh, well, this must be that resurgent. Like, um, I mean, I'm just going to say it, like uh, New World did not take off as was uh, so many people who I knew who were either just thinking about it or it's all they could talk about for the longest time. It just, it didn't fail per se, but it just did not, it did not it did meet not. the expectations that Amazon had for it. Exactly. Well, the same's going to happen with Lost Ark. I mean, I think it's okay because it's what's available now, but you won't keep people around for much longer on that. I think it's the new hot thing. And I think a lot of these companies probably are okay with some of these games being just kind of a flash in the pan. But to create longevity, um, I don't see that happening in this space. I, I think that yeah. if it does, it's rare. And I think, it, like you said, it, it is out of a, a necessity right now. But I think a lot of companies won't necessarily think about profiting off of that because of the history of MMOs past where a franchise or a property having an MMO based around it does not mean success. And I think they'll be a little more hesitant to like come out with a new game or develop a new game if they feel like it's ultimately going to fail. I think if you hear the word oh, MMO, yeah. you're immediately kind of like, drawn away from it as someone who might want to invest money and, and time into making that. So I think the ones that will stick around are the ones that were, you know, good for the players ultimately. Like that's, it's, that's the content exactly. that people want to see. It's going to be, yeah. Well, no, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Sean. It's going to be, I, I personally think it's going to be, um, the niche is going to stay around for those games that have already kind of established themselves. And this includes, I, I do think world of Warcraft is, is going to be around for, for another mm -hmm. hot minute for for its own player base and the folks who do mm -hmm. uh stick around with it um i definitely think the same of uh, final fantasy 14 the hard thing to predict i would say is whether okay so so the thing is with these mmos that are going to keep their niche they found even wow has found its own kind of identity for lack of better words in mm -hmm. terms of just what it has to offer people even even if it is a lot of just fear of missing out, they've still managed to make that work for them, I guess. Now, 14 just kind of came out of nowhere and blindsided a lot of folk because they've just been kind of doing their own thing. Quietly where... in the in their own space, yeah. Exactly, and that, I think, if there is any so-called uh, big MMO to follow again, it's basically going to have to do that because the problem with a lot of these MMOs that we see that are trying to come out and are just kind of flickering if not completely failing is for the longest time wow was considered the gold standard and the blueprint and uh, fortunately a lot of these companies are still using i mean even going back potentially to like the days of like classic and burning crusade are still kind of using that as a blueprint to the gold standard where mm -hmm. it's just not going to work for a newer product i point. i see Very your point, point and i'm going to raise you another one in terms of the uh the question we're all answering personally i do not see uh the boom or the 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 virility of the genre like kind of sustaining because of either a the potential like as unfortunate as this may sound less likely uh the return to normalcy as we try to move beyond like the stage that we're at within the pandemic, all, all, all things fucking willing. Um, but B because of another short side adventure that I think is absolutely going to 
just diminish and dilute the concept outright. And that's Zuckerberg's fucking metaverse. Ah, Uh, And like just the concept of doing that within itself and like how much that's going to burn out and just whittle down any appeal of of anything else in in an interactive like space um similar to that of MMOs it's just it's going to be so like it, it goes beyond saturation just dilution to the point where it's at its basis compound and and like nobody's going to give a shit anymore and it's not like that larger than life appeal of of being able to jump into what's essentially a completely different experience a different identity a different world that like you engage and do things in um no nobody will care it will be not necessarily no one will care but it will absolutely not have the penetration that we're seeing now or what we've seen prior it it's going to absolutely fizzle out because of half-hearted corporate uh exploitation like this bullshit so mark my words uh metaverse will absolutely i think it will be a two-prong effect it will not only affect just like any appeal that this concept may have even like going forward into the ever advancing medium of video games it is going to also have drastic effects on the burgeoning uh, medium of virtual reality and how we utilize that in an interactive capacity. So um, it, it, it really just depends on like what people can do and how they run with it to uh, just, I I don't know, like I do have one in, potentially encouraging no no i can't i i gotta look this up now i might even be able to find through keyword i can't remember if it was like i can't remember what site it was on but it was basically a a news article about a guy who he had researched every like big next thing that has basically come out and even if it was flawed or just kind of broken for lack of better words then it was still like salvageable or he could see the good that would come out of it Mm -hmm. um he tried the metaverse and the whole meetings programs that they basically had. And, and long story short, his analysis was basically like, yeah, I tried this. It sucked. I have nothing else to say about it. Pretty well, much. That it was I just, mean, it was just, just because terrible. It's, a, it's a poorly, it, it's a, a billion dollar, like it, it's a billion dollar impression with like a dime store operation. It, just because it, it it's impressing upon, even the most basic of things, but trying to tout it like some sort of revolutionary means of interactivity. It's when, like, shit we already have, but it's worse. In and MMOs! It's designed. Yes, exactly. And, and it's, so... it's designed to try to appeal to just, well, almost literally everybody. Like, basically, I mean, shit, I'm not going to lie. I would almost feel like that the folks that I know who haven't played some kind of MMO are kind of becoming a, a, a niche in its own way. And the, the the shit that's going on with like this meta stuff, it's basically to find that market. The folks who don't know, I, I, I mean, shit, even my dad, my dad is 
he's going to be 70 in April and he plays Destiny 2. So there you fucking go. They are hey, really man. trying to scrape does... the bottom of the barrel and trying to find people. Who... Does he have a clan? I, I'd have to ask. Yeah, I need to recruit, recruit that guy, man. I'm ready to go. Yeah. Let's, let's go squad up. It's just a fucking... I, I, but yeah, it's basically... The the future of the genre is at risk of like the next big fucking tech mogul slash snake oil salesman uh, kind of just exploiting uh, essentially whatever whatever sort of goodwill that that these spaces have fostered within uh, the interactive entertainment medium of video games and then like just basically being exploited and and monopolized for other things and done so so i don't know i i personally see like some significant ramifications like that like that's my that's my big hot take that's my big prediction um where if if we are going to see a peak or or otherwise a a decline in just demand or or any of these games in any manner it's absolutely gonna have something to do with metaverse so Mm -hmm. I'm optimistic. I feel that enough people who don't want to buy into the next big thing or the popular option, I think will still stand firm. And I think they'll just stick with what they have. And like you said, it'll crash and burn. It'll fizzle out. But I think in its place, I think in in that rubble, I think will still be like an MMO experience, a community of players, uh, you know, a uh, group honestly at the end of the day a group of friends wanting to play a game together and yeah. i think that oh, yeah. i don't think that i don't think that changes i think that fads will come and go but i think mmo it was never about that experience it was just that outlet it provided people to play games together and if some form of that is still present then i think it's still going to be a success and it doesn't even have to be what we think of as an MMO. I, I think we've already talked about how those lines have blurred enough to where it's not really even a thing anymore. But I think that experience, that nostalgia that we've talked about for most of the show of what we played, you know, in the years past, that will always still be there. Um, I don't see that going anywhere. So I think as long as, you know, that's something that's available, that feeling, that experience still lives on. It may not be in its current state. If, like you said, the tech companies try to ruin that um i think that the experience ultimately is what's going to still you know be available uh, I just, for years to come i i feel like everything you're describing though that's the whole like that's the whole fascination behind this everything you're describing i mm-hmm. feel like has already happened and we have yet to see it so you don't think we're even at the potential of what it could be no no i'm sorry let me rephrase it already happened and none of us noticed. That's what I meant to say. Ah, uh, I see. Well, mm. you might be right. I don't know. Who sometimes knows? technology, sometimes technology and the advancement of technology can not be a positive thing. Yeah, you know, we, I'm just we gonna shall say, see. I'm, I'm just gonna say. Last thing I'm gonna say about metaverse in terms of optimism. I'm just gonna say a few words. The ooh yeah. Google Glass and 3D TVs, Metaverse, good fucking luck. You know how George is about the Ouya, man. Why did you say that? I mean, dude, it's fine. It's still plugged in. But Um, he didn't bring up Stadia, so (laughs) clearly Stadia's here to stay, baby. Stadia, number one platform. Sign up now. I will give you a Stadia 
I have four of them. Please, someone play this fucking <laughs> thing with me. Uh, stay tuned for our impressions of the Intellivision Amico. Uh, fucking not, not me. So boy, <laughs> at some point. Um, but yeah, uh, episode end. Yeah. 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 All right. We're gonna get out of here. Play some eleven. <laughs> I, dude, I I wish or fourteen. Yeah, we we still like. I um, probably should play fourteen, but yeah. God, we, it's just a matter of us coordinating uh, servers. Which I, I promise, I think if we can all just do a little powwow, we can, we can absolutely do. Um, we'll get something worked out. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, you have just finished listening to Press Pause Radio episode one hundred thirty nine. If you like what you listen to, uh, absolutely take the opportunity. Uh, as unfortunate as it may be that we <laughs> chose our timing poorly, we are on Spotify now. Uh, we are very much in support of um, Joe Rogan being an absolute shitbag and a fucking miserable excuse for a human being and uh, absolutely express a regrettable amount of shame that we, we share a platform with this dickhead. But if you haven't left Spotify yet and you still have it and, and, it, and it fancies whatsoever um, any of your uh, podcast needs, by all means, you can absolutely find us there, review us there. It would mean a lot. But if not, do not fret. We are still on iTunes. We are still on Stitcher. We are on Scatter Radio. We are still working on our SoundCloud relaunch. And we are on at least 68 other podcast directories and RSS feeds uh, galore upon the World Wide Web. Just simply searching Press Pause Radio will uh, get you to the access of Not Your Everyday Podcast. That'd be us. Uh, and, so, And let me also say, just talking about podcasts, I don't know if Ed has talked about this on other recordings or not, but um, our boy Ed was actually a guest on a podcast here recently um he did a podcast with i think it's a uh, game boy guru that, yes. that i know that they, they do youtube collabs quite mm-hmm. a bit um so he was on uh, shoot the core cast which had a recent episode uh, also on a lot of those platforms that we share um and he was on there talking about Airzonk. so i just thought it was kind of cool ed was, was on a, a guest on a show so give them support too. help them out yeah didn't shoot the core cast is awesome they also follow us here at press padrio so please by all means if you are Looking for more of your shoot 'em up uh, fill, and want to get some more in uh, alongside Bullet Heaven by all means. Um, absolutely, give them a sub. Listen to them. Uh, very mm-hmm. delightful bunch of dudes. Um, I believe they also cross pollinate with Hardcore Gaming One One, which I also yep. highly recommend. Um, speaking of Ed, because he won't be here to yeah, he he can't plug his stuff. I would say uh, you know go subscribe. Uh, go watch Bullet Heaven. He Make recently sure you get on his Patreon. Yeah, he recently just published the top twenty-one, uh, our top ten uh, shoot 'em up games for the year twenty twenty-one. So definitely give that a watch. It was a very extensive, very detailed, and uh, probably one of his best productions yet. And mm-hmm. he went the extra mile because of all of the various arcade archive releases. Uh, he decided that he's going to do a separate top 10 list for just the Arcade Archive releases alone, which I thought was really neat. Um, Mm -hmm. So there's definitely more to come that he's going to have on the way. Um, And just doing some other stuff. I mean, he's got definitely a lot planned in terms of uh, more PC 
engine games that he's been chasing that the fucking chasing the white dragon on um and and trying to make sure that he can uh add to his uh repertoire of coverage uh so absolutely be sure to sub to him along with uh us i mean we're not exactly pumping out video content in any way shape or form as far as uh to the same volume i should say but uh we we still have plans we're still working on it and that you can find us at youtube.com uh forward slash ppr broadcast and also uh andrew's been really good about uh absolutely taking the time to uh show off access to uh any closed betas or access that we've been given uh on our twitch where you can sub and we've also got some other uh plans in the back end for twitch and and just uh, stuff in general definitely be sure to stay tuned um i still have uh, tons of reviews that like I am now getting uh, ready to publish uh, onto the website, uh, as well as I'm also currently working on two other reviews for our, our new now showing uh, that I've been cooking up for Shenmue the Animation. Uh, I'm going to talk about the uh, first couple of episodes that have come out so far and my thoughts on them as far as the anime adaption of my favorite game of all time. And... Uh, I just recently poop socked uh, the Cuphead show, which just uh, released last week, and I'm going to share uh, some of my thoughts on how well I think uh, the folks behind the uh, project commissioned by Netflix did to uh, just capture or otherwise adapt uh, the hardest nutsack game into a <laughs> uh, child-friendly cartoon. So... Um, definitely uh be on the lookout for that until then mm. um hey, georgie boy zach so I, I, I love all y'all and like you don't have to worry about your hippo laws like i got you i got you fam hippo laws are this safe with to- me this is toast and uh i'm always gonna be a stadia fan for life i'm gonna get a tattoo just like uh peter did with the gta symbol and this is this is Sean, dude. I, I, I guess I owe George a beer, but I'm not taking back my Ouya remark. <laughs> you're, you're hey, good, dude. hey, man. Yeah, it's all by around for George. He he has an Ouya still. Yeah, I, pour pour some out. Pour yeah. save it, save it, and pour one out for the Wii U because I don't know. I uh, I don't know if it really even needs it at this point. The Wii U is the the next age Dreamcast. Everybody fucking suddenly everybody loves it again. Fuck all y'all. Y'all fake. Rip engage. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. that's yeah. Deep cut. I can get behind that. Deep yeah. cut.